What is up, everybody? Mark on the mic here. Now, if you hunt western big game or you head out west just as an outdoor enthusiast, odds are these days you might find yourself in grizzly country. One thing that you may want to have with you is bear spray, but you better know how to use it. So to kind of help us uh, talk about the grizzly details as far as it relates to bear spray and best practices, and we might even get into a little bit of pistol stuff, self-defense stuff in that regard as well. We have Brian DeBolt from Wyoming Game and Fish, you know, one of the, I would say, the hearts of grizzly country in the lower 48. Brian is the large carnivore conflict coordinator. Did, it, did I get that right, Brian? That's correct. Yep, Mark, it is. So uh, before we before we dive too deep into the subject matter here, maybe get, uh, just for some background, if you could kind of tell the audience, you know, who you are, uh, what you're up to, and, and what you do at Wyoming Game and Fish. So, yeah, besides being a, a game warden, I am a certified peace officer in the state of Wyoming. Um, my primary job responsibility is uh, managing conflicts between people and, and large carnivores, which varies from, you know, a bear tipping over a trash can to breaking into a grain shed or, or killing livestock all the way up to the more severe, you know, human injury or death, you know, or as a result of, of, in this case, grizzly bears we're talking about, but mountain lions and black bears as well, we deal with that. So been doing that for about 25 years now. Wow. Wow. 25 years. So is the, uh, is that an, an angle that you kind of always had an interest in or just over time your career evolved into this sector? You know, I wasn't exactly sure which aspect of wildlife management I wanted to get into. I knew I wanted to do it. I, mean, I grew up a hunter and fisherman my whole life. It's a generational thing in my family. And I started at the University of Wyoming helping a a fellow that was doing some research on black bears down there and started trapping black bears. And so when this job came open, trapping grizzly bears, um, there's very few people that had experience doing that. So anyway, I got the job and like I say, next thing I know, it's, you know, a couple decades later. Wow, man, that is awesome. What, what is like the grizzly density in Wyoming or what does like, if you're going to like kind of give a, a verbal heat map of, of the population in the state and, and where they're at. Like, what do you guys see in there? So exact numbers are, are difficult with a, a species like bears because they're, they're pretty solitary and, you know, territorial. It's not like they group up in the winter and you can, you know, take a picture of them from an airplane and, and go back to the office and actually classify each, you know, cohort or whatever. So um, they're estimates for sure. But without getting into it too much, I mean, there's some of the best wildlife statisticians in the world that have worked on developing these population models. And so very long story short, the, the grizzly bear density in, in Wyoming and in the Yellowstone ecosystem as a whole, which includes Yellowstone, Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, and Grand Teton National Park is very high. You know, the the overall number is it's just over a thousand bears is what the estimate is, but it's extremely conservative. Every single parameter that goes into that population modeling is is very conservative. And so the overall estimate itself is conservative. So a relative density, yes, is very high. And, and we're starting to see some of that density dependence go on with 
we see, you know, bear on bear mortality, you know, bears killing bears and different things. And just, yeah, very high is, is the very, the short answer to your question. Lots of bears in lots of places. Wow. And then like, I guess ideally now I'm sidetracking here because I'm just fascinated, fascinated by the subject, but what would you say if you know, like what, what would be like a, like a more comfortable density or distribution of bears? Like, you know, I, I've heard like, uh, oh, like on the, you know, on, on Baranoff Island or the ABC Islands in Southeast Alaska, like you have like a really high density of like one bear per square mile, like, and, and that may or may not be accurate. That's, that's what I've heard. But like, I guess, what is the range that you like maybe should be seeing as far as that distribution? And like, is, is that a, about right is that comfortable for the bears or is that too much or like how many bears should be i guess there yeah so we we definitely see uh there's a big seasonal shift in densities for example you know the salmon runs in alaska you'll see a high concentration of bears um, because there's an abundant food resource and they they tolerate each other in close proximity we see the same thing as what's analogous over here in the West is we have these high mountain ranges above tree line, these rocky talus slopes and the moths, their army cutworm moths, the Miller moths that bounce around your light shade. Anyway, they migrate up into the mountains up there and, and they concentrate up in there by the, by the millions and the grizzly bears feed on those moths. They dig through those rocks and, and again, they will have, you know, on just one hillside on a mountain, very high elevation stuff, you know, we'll have 30 bears together feeding on these moths, you know, well, anywhere from 15 to, to 50 bears, you know, feeding on these moths because they're such a abundant protein and carbohydrate food source. And again, it's, so that's analogous to the salmon runs in Alaska. But again, we'll see seasonal increases in concentration where, where the food sources are, whether it's like say army cutworm moths or it's white bark pine or um you know a variety of different things and there's there's areas where yeah there's very few bears because you know there's just not a huge abundance of food to concentrate them in certain places but we're basically maxed out the bucket's full and i guess i'm calling the bucket the yellowstone ecosystem it, it just can't support any more bears long term um, and that's why we're seeing spill out of these bears into into other areas you know that are used for you know human uses you know whether it's livestock production or hiking recreating hunting whatever the case may be um yeah we're seeing seeing lots of bears in areas that they haven't been in you know a hundred years like what kinds of i guess at least i would call it like negative bear encounters are you seeing you know what like when when are when or how are interactions going south a little bit primarily so that's that's a, that's a great question so we as humans categorize what a person was doing when they, they encounter an aggressive bear and that's what we're worried about but what happens when a person and a bear have a negative interaction you know where the bear's aggressive towards a person and um so we we try to classify that what well, was the person hiking or was the person hunting or was the person fishing you know and it's funny how we try to classify that when to the bear it doesn't matter they don't give a darn what the person's doing it's just so in general they're just hiking you're just occupying the same pace 
place, excuse me, that the bear is. And we're seeing, um, yeah, folks that are, that are, you know, gathering antlers, you know, we call them horn hunters. The price of, of antlers has gone up quite a bit on the market. And so people are out there trying to scavenge up as much of that as they can to make a little bit of money. Just folks hiking in general, just recreating, yeah, fishing, whatever the case may be, but they're just walking around out there in the woods, usually by themselves. And those are the folks that are encountering bears and having an aggressive encounter. Now, yeah, the results of those encounter vary across the board, but just, yeah, people bumping into bears, walking through the woods. Um, for whatever reason, they're there. Again, the bear doesn't matter, but that's that's the most frequent, the most common reason that we see um, an aggressive bear encounter with people. Is that like in that, when that encounter happens, is it more of a, uh, like a surprise encounter? Like we, you kind of bump into one another and that bear isn't going to tolerate, tolerate that person or people in it, in its space. That's exactly what it is. So all animals have, including us have kind of a fight or flight response. Luckily, Black bears, they have more of a flight response. Grizzly bears, because of their, you know, evolutionary makeup, they're just a big, bad critter. And their response is to fight. And they're more aggressive by nature. And so when they encounter what they perceive as danger, just being surprised by somebody, like you just mentioned, their reaction is to fight. Not necessarily kill somebody, but just to stop the, the, their perceived threat. And so, yeah, they're surprised and yeah, they react aggressively towards that. And that, that's where bear spray comes in. Gotcha. And uh, yeah, I mean, perfect, perfect segue there. So bear spray, I know you and I were talking previously and it sounds, you know, you hear the question, you know, do you carry a pistol? Uh, do you carry bear spray? Do you carry both? When do you reach for one over the other? And one thing that you mentioned to me was there's some maybe some misconceptions surrounding bear spray not not that you there aren't times for both but like you know just some stuff that uh, people may want to consider or maybe they've heard that isn't you know entirely correct so i know a lot of folks that's true are um they're more confident maybe in a um a firearm than they are bear spray and i think it's it's more of anything just a lack of understanding I mean, especially in, in social media and TV and everything today, we've seen what guns do to people. Yeah, it, it's pretty le it's lethal. That's what it is. Um, but where do you ever see, you know, what bear spray does? That's, you just don't see it. And so nobody, I, I think very few folks have faith in bear spray. So is what it really boils down to, though, is, is I don't look at it as bear spray versus guns both have advantages and disadvantages and i think the misconceptions about bear spray um, frankly is folks don't fully understand what it does and how effective it really is and so yeah we could easily talk about you know the pros and cons of both either a firearm and bear spray yeah so i guess what would you say are are the the pros of of the spray then so good things about bear spray are there's many, um, you know, they're non-lethal, which is, is an advantage because, <laughs> um, 
at least in Wyoming, you know, there are federally protected species. And although you have every right to do absolutely whatever it takes, I mean, you could beat a bear to death with a rock if you have to, whatever it takes to protect yourself. Um, but there still will be an investigation, a federal investigation. They just, you know, we have to cover our bases and, and the federal uh, Fish and Wildlife Service agents have to, you know, do a good, a good investigation and make sure it was legal. So um, you can avoid that by spraying a bear. <laughs> but it's um, it's easy to use. It's easy to carry. It's lightweight. Um, even, let's say, uh, a chill, you know, children in your group, depending on their maturity level, um, you could allow them to carry bear spray. Um, someone who, friends or family that just don't like or are totally unfamiliar with firearms can carry bear spray. And uh, again, it can be used, um, you know, there's wind and, and different things that may affect it. Yes, absolutely. Um, there's just as many environmental factors that will affect a bullet, honestly. But you don't have to be accurate with it. It's got a big shotgun pattern that kind of sprays out there. And uh, again, it's extremely effective, despite what many folks may think. And there's jokes out there about bear spray, you know, just seasoning the bear and different things. But um, <laughs> no, it works. It absolutely, you know, it, it affects our mucous membranes, slams our eyes shut, you know, makes it hard for them to breathe. They can't see. And if nothing else, it gives you these, these encounters, these aggressive encounters with grizzly bears happen in a split second. And if you can get some bear spray out, if nothing else, it will give you another second or two to react. You can incapacitate that bear for a very short time frame, and then you can decide what to do next. And whether that's go for a firearm, escape, flee, whatever, it gives you that time that honestly, many bullets don't. So um, anyway, lots of advantages to bear spray. Again, there are some disadvantages for sure. Again, it could be affected by wind and and a relatively short distance, you know, it only sprays, you know, 30 to 40 feet. Um, but most of these encounters happen within that distance anyway. It's not like you're waiting for a bear to get that close. They're going to be that close, like say in a split second. And so um, th that's irrelevant how far it'll spray. Um, a lot, and, and if a bear's on top of you and that, let's say that bear spray's still on your hip or on your chest or wherever your holster, you can still just spray it. Yeah, it's going to get you, but it's going to get the bear too. You can't do that with a gun. Another advantage to bear spray is if a bear is on top of somebody, and I, I, I can talk about multiple examples where let's say you're hiking with your friend or your spouse and a bear is all of a sudden attacking somebody. You can't be flinging bullets at them, you know, but you can dang sure spray them gotcha. and get them off of it. Like I say, and then maybe transition to a firearm, totally fine, whatever it takes. But, you know, and that's happened. There's multiple instances where we've seen that happen, where if a bear is physically on top of somebody, you can't be flinging bullets over there. Um, there was a guy, a young man that was hunting with his uncle, and a uh, bear jumped on his uncle, and he shot to scare the bear off. Well, you know what? He shot and killed his uncle is what happened. I have another, you know, situation where two brothers were hunting here in Wyoming, and a bear jumped on one of them and he was able to use bear spray. He had a gun with him, but he was able to use bear spray and get the bear off of him. But he sure couldn't be sending bullets down towards that bear. So those are definitely some advantages of a um, of bear spray for sure. 
Yeah, I mean, it definitely sounds like it gives you some additional additional options and some some versatility there. You know that that you otherwise might not have, um, and some yeah, some really really good things to think about. You know, and maybe this is obvious. Maybe it's the most obvious question you could ask. But when should you use bear spray? You know what I mean? Like you might you might encounter a grizzly at fairly close range, but maybe it's not acting aggressively or it's just kind of minding its own business. But you're you know, do you just back out, walk away if there's no sort of, you know, whatever, you know, posturing or, you know, I guess, you know, anything that's leading you to believe that the bear, you know, might charge or something like that. Or, you know, do you hose it down or like when, at what point do you, you know, pop the top and go, yeah, we got to, we got to hose this bear down. So, you know, that's, um, all dependent on the circumstances, of course. Um, Yeah. There's no cookbook for that, but that's, what's nice about bear spray is use it Anytime. I mean, if the bear's 75 yards out there and he's just too close for your comfort, you know, you probably, it might be hard to justify why you're flinging bullets over there, especially if he's, he's not exactly coming at you, you know, he's maybe turned sideways and walking away, but you can sure put a little, you know, little blast of bear spray out there. And if the wind waffles over to him and it encourages him to leave, that'd be great. Or if he does, you know, you can put out a little wall of that bear spray. It kind of lingers. It's oil-based. It'll kind of linger out there in the air. And if he starts coming towards you and then gets a snoop full of that, and it'll make him go the other way, I guarantee. So huge advantage. to You can use it any time. Absolutely. There is no, um, like I said, there, there's probably some sort of legal kind of fine line somewhere about when to use a firearm, you know, when you're justified using deadly force, but with bear spray, there is none. I mean, you can use it anytime. Yeah. You feel necessary. Cause again, it's a non-lethal tool. It's a deterrent. So I would say, you know, um, again, don't waste it all. Use short bursts, you know, and just put a little cloud out there. Um, you can do it anytime you feel necessary. That, that, that'd be an advantage to bear spray for sure. You made me think of this, and this might be a do you think question, but, you know, at least at press time that I'm aware of, you know, we don't have any hunting seasons for grizzlies in the lower 48. Uh, Do you think that bear spray, when a bear gets sprayed, you know, because of its behavior, that is a negative experience for the bear where they might uh, be more inclined to avoid humans? Absolutely. I, you know, bears are smart. They are super smart. And, you know, if they get close to somebody or yeah, they just associate a human with, with a negative reaction like that, getting sprayed in the face, they're going to remember that it's no different than a, than a skunk, maybe getting sprayed by a skunk, you know, or something. They'll remember that negative encounter and it, you know, it's going to have some lasting effects on them for the next day or two with that pepper spray in their face. And so I'm sure that, that it's going to do, um, yeah, some learned behavior towards them and, and cubs learn so much from their mother, you know, if let's say a sow gets sprayed and the next time she hears or sees or smells a human and boom, she gets her cubs, you know, squirted out of there, they're going to learn. That's something to avoid. People are something to avoid. So yeah, there's definitely the potential for, um, yeah, some learned behavior there for bears to avoid people. Yes. Awesome. Where do you keep it? 
you know, you're you're in the field, you're hunting, you're hiking. Do you guys see some, you know, sometimes you'll see it on a pack hip belt. Uh, you see some bino harnesses these days that, you know, have functionality integrated to, you know, keep bear spray on your chest. I guess, where, are, are there some spots where you guys are finding that it's the most uh, optimal? And then maybe walk people through the process of um, deploying it a little bit. Yeah, that's, that's very good. A huge, important point. Um, it's a life or death question of where you're carrying that. It's got to be readily accessible, and you have to know how to use it. Both of those things that you brought up are crucial critical because like say these things happen in a split second um the gentleman that was uh actually mauled and killed by a bear in montana this spring he had bear spray in his backpack it just doesn't do you any good we do run into a lot of folks and yeah we have it but it's it's in the backpack or it's over here this or that you have to have it readily accessible immediately accessible whether that's a chest holster or yeah, on your belt somewhere, you can mount it to a walking stick, um, whatever the case may be, but it's got to be immediately accessible. And then secondly, yes, you have to know how to use it. So when you get a can, um, there's just a safety tab on the top and, you know, it comes off real easy. You just pull that safety tab straight back and, and it pops off. And, you know, I got a can with me here, but um, and then the trigger's just right on top. And it's really no different than a, you know, if you can operate a can of spray paint, you can you can operate, you know, one of these, these bear spray cans. And we tell folks to aim just a little low. You know, I like to just aim maybe towards their feet. Because if a bear's coming at you, those of us that like to hunt birds know you, you got to lead them a little bit. Otherwise, you'll shoot behind them. And uh, same thing with a bear. If you shoot directly at it and he's coming at you at 30 miles an hour, you could squirt over the top of his back. So aim a little low. You want to use short bursts. You know, just put it out there. And, um, yeah, getting the safety back on, of course, is the least important thing after the fact. Um, You'll figure that out. But practice with your can about how to drop from your holster, pop that safety off, and then know where that trigger is. And again, you just want to aim low and short bursts. And that that's the simple basics of it. Again, it's like shooting some wasp spray or something. It's pretty basic. Gotcha, gotcha. We actually, uh, we've got something that I think is pretty cool here. It's a inert training unit for bear spray. So something, like you said, if you really want to practice in, uh, well, and actually I'd let you speak to it because I haven't even used this yet. We just ha- We just have it. But do you think this is like a, a cool training tool for somebody to practice with and get, a, I guess, an idea of what that spray range and, you know, maybe the kind of, I guess, lack of whatever, the cloud that it might create? Is this, is this a good training tool? It is. That's great. And, and the biggest thing, um, I have a whole case of it right here in my office. And we let all of our hunter education students spray it and all of our folks that come we hold bear safety workshops across the state in fact we had one last night had about 30 folks spraying this inert spray to get practice and even if um if anybody ever comes out west and wants to come hunting in wyoming come by any of our game and fish offices and uh yeah we'll let you play with the can 
absolutely. The most important thing is just learning how to get that safety off and exactly where the trigger sits. I mean, seeing where it sprays and how it sprays is important, but just the mechanics of, of operating the can is the most important thing. And yeah, we'd be glad to let you do that. So um, yeah, that would be extremely important or get your own can of inert spray and give it a try. And yeah, that's very important to do. Yes, because it could, it could be a life or death matter of getting that safety off. That's awesome. That's really cool that you guys uh, have the ability to do that. One thing that you mentioned, you know, offline when we're setting this up, which I, which I, you know, I always think of bear spray within the context of like bears, you know, I mean, I mean, I think, you know, oftentimes it says, or at least I just think of it as called, it's bear spray, you know, that's what, that's what we call it. Some alternate uses though, like it's not, it doesn't just have to be bear spray. Maybe, maybe touch on that a little bit, Brian. Yeah. So the whole purpose of bear spray is obviously to be sprayed in the face of an aggressive bear. But there's other aggressive animals out there. You know, any mammal, it'll work on. I honestly, I'm, I'm just as afraid of a cow moose with a calf, you know, when I'm wading through those willows that are 12 feet tall, you know, bumping into her as much as I am a, a grizzly bear. They are extremely aggressive and very protective. They're young, but bear spray will work on them. It'll work on mountain lions. Um, it'd work on a bison. Um, lots of aggressive critters that, you know, we have that are, you know, potentially deadly towards humans. It's got a wide, yeah, host of potential, I guess, animals that you could spray to protect yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. So, well, and we kind of, we kind of, well, did I forget anything? Did I forget it? I was going to close it out, Brian, but is there anything else you want to add or anything that you've thought of as far as like, I don't know, you know, other scenarios or studies that have been done um, on the subject or just anything that pops into your head that maybe I, I missed on my end? You know, not really. I mean, I just, I would like folks out there to, you know, we, we see a lot of it around here and I'll just flat tell you, and I have said this to people, I'm getting a little long in the tooth in my career, so I don't mind saying a few things. But when somebody says, yeah, well, I got my 44, that's my bear spray. I've investigated enough human injuries and human deaths as a result of a grizzly bear encounter where I know what I'm talking about. And I'll tell them, you know, be sure and shave that front side off real low. And they'll say something like, oh, yeah, so I can get it out of my holster faster. And I say, no. So when that bear takes it from you and shoves it up your hind end, it doesn't hurt so bad. <laughs> so um, and that's the truth. You know, you can carry whatever you want and you can do absolutely anything it takes to protect yourself or somebody else with an aggressive bear. But to not carry bear spray in grizzly bear country is absolutely foolish, I think. Again, you can do whatever it takes. And you may or may not in an encounter have the ability to use it. Okay. I'm not saying that, yeah, that, and, and we've had folks that, that have carried both a bear spray and a firearm and just, for example, they they got the bear spray on their left because they have a firearm on their right and they're right-handed. So they happened to get their pistol out first and they were able to protect themselves and that's all that matters. So 
just because you have bear spray doesn't mean you have to use it. But again, there are so many circumstances where um, I just cited like one of them where a, a firearm will not be applicable. It just won't work, but bear spray would. And so it's better to carry it and not need it, or even if you don't use it, than to just not even have it at all. Like say it's, you can carry whatever you want, but I, I think it's pretty foolish and I don't care how big and tough a person thinks they are or how good of a shot they think they are. It's foolish to not carry bear spray. Of all these encounters, we're looking at about a 12% when people use firearms, in my experience, about a 12% hit rate with firearm. So that's just, you know, it's less than two out of 10 shots. Okay. You're flinging 10 shots at a bear and you're hitting it less than twice. Not very good. Okay. And the chances are, if you do hit a bear, you're just going to make it mad. And even if it's a fatal shot and they live for the next six to seven seconds, you realize the damage that they can do to a human in six or seven seconds. So, um, yeah, I mean, I love firearms. I'm adamant. Um, practice. I consider myself proficient, but I would much rather use bear spray um, if given the opportunity. I'll use whatever it takes. And even one of our own game wardens has had to protect himself with a firearm against a, an aggressive bear. So again, with all that being legal and absolutely justified to do whatever it takes, it's just foolish to not have it. You can carry whatever you want, but I would highly recommend carrying bear spray and every single person in your group carrying bear spray um, anywhere in in northwest wyoming for sure in the entire yellowstone ecosystem so awesome well i guess you know and and i think you really capped it off there with you know what i was thinking which was really just almost even the opening question it's like you know gun or bear spray or both and it sounds like both have their merit but if you're going to head into grizzly country, bear spray is probably a must. That's you know, that's going to be your baseline. And if you you know want some extra versatility, then you know yep. carry the firearm as well. Yeah, absolutely. And if you do carry a firearm, um, not to get into any debate whatsoever, but the caliber, pretty much irrelevant. I mean, you carry a gun uh, that you're comfortable with, that you feel proficient with, that's not going to weigh you down. A bigger caliber is better, absolutely. But yeah, the whole caliber debate to me is 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 fruitless. It's all shot placement. Like I say, when you're only hitting one to two out of ten, that shot placement is what's important. So high capacity magazine, large caliber is better. Um, but a gun that you feel comfortable with, you know, you just know you try guns and this one just doesn't feel right. It's just not right. It's cumbersome, whatever. You can't hit anything. Get a different one if that's one you're going to carry in bear country. So, um, yeah, just know how to use it. And, again, carry it accessible. So, um, But the caliber debate to me is is kind of fruitless. So, Well, I'll just let you know we do a lot of talks on cartridges here. And uh, although that might be fruitless, uh, it will still continue to be deba debated yep. Uh, yep. hotly and all the time. Uh, yeah. But, uh, Brian, man, thank you so much for, for visiting up with us and giving us all this great 
information and and just some of the stories and context and scenario based stuff. I think it really paints a, a a solid picture for people as they think about these two options. You know, as they head into bear country, as they head into fall, we got our tree elk season that'll be here before we know it. You know, at least at, at the press time when we're recording this right now. But right. Um, man, tons of great info. Thank you so much, and and hopefully it'll help uh, people make uh, uh, be safer in the woods, which is uh, that's the goal. Yeah, that's what we want, folks, just to have fun and be safe. Awesome. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening. I know I learned a lot and made me think about some uh, new things in regards to bear spray and bear country. Thank you, Brian, again. And if you have any additional questions or want to hear more on this topic, comment below, hit us up on social, let us know, and uh, we'll see what we can do. Until then, we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. Talk to you later.